Our God has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen. He doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with treats. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. Welcome to the God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And I'm Bill Swirla. And now, what was that? <laughs> Craig, you wanted, you wanted bagpipes? We got you bagpipes. That was phenomenally bad, bad, interesting. Another creation by the multi-talented Jason Kaspar. Is it Kaspar or Casper? Casper, Kaspar. You say tomato, I say tomato. We will. Uh, you wait. say Donofrio, I say Donofrio. Well, uh, somebody was calling you Donofrio yeah, the other day. Is that is that which is the proper? It's a debate within my own family. Oh, you, oh, really? Yeah, my brother Vince is Vince Donofrio, and I'm Craig Donofrio. Is he the actor on Law and Order? No, no. But he he is a whiner. He whines a lot. <laughs> your brother. So wait, 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 he wait. He never wait, listens, wait. so I can say your, whatever. Your I want. your brother. Well, pronounces you see, your this, family name differently than is, you do. This is the deal. My grandparents said D'Onofrio, and my father, somewhere along the line, was pretty much the only one in the family who went Donofrio. And I got tired of people thinking that my first name is Don and my last name's Ofrio. Uh, Don Ofrio, yes. And so I just went back to the original. Well, and isn't this some something having to do with a naked saint? Yes. Okay. San Onofri. Onofri. So it's... Yeah. Of, of the Onofri's. The apostrophe. Apostrophe. O. Oh, drop the apostrophe. Being all American and all. Okay, so, you know, because I've seen that too. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So it's it's of the Anofries, which is the Anofri is another version of it. The patron so, saint of nude surfers. Patron saint of nude cave dwelling surfers. That would be nice. Uh, that's good. that's a colorful name. Well, you know, we got our own nuclear power plant, Dolly Park. You do. Down there. Yeah. Also affectionately known as Dolly Park. <laughs> to the people in the Southland. <laughs> because of the two didn't large, they just have an two large domes. Didn't, didn't they just there. have a, an ammonia leak? Yeah, they had something like that. Yeah, they had the some water kind is of... warm down there, I guess. Uh, right, well, right <laughs> you know, sometimes if you really want to catch a warm current, swim next to a nuclear power yeah, plant. Yeah, and the fish have an average of two eyes, which is good. An average? Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two point two eyes, <laughs> an average of two. But can you much re- like the children in Missouri? But can you really have zero point two of an eye? Let's ask that question. <laughs> A question of irreducible complexity. Oh. Uh, if you want to call the Skype hotline, area code six two six five nine three seventy seven thirteen or Manly Doctors thirteen. You bet. If you want to just find us on Skype, it's either under Reverend Me or Craig D'Onofrio. Reverend Me. Like I, I, I was amused to find out that you were Vicar Me. Yes, when I was on Vicarage, I was Vicar And then me you're Reverend on Me. On AOL.com. So there's a common thread. There's probably still me. that Vicar Me email floating it's, around. It's all there. about me, isn't it? Well, I am what I am. You are. I was a vicar, now I'm a reverend. And it's me. It is me. Me, 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 me. All the well, way home. What? Should I, what would Reverend you? Vicar I mean, that you. would make any sense. Yeah. It sounds threatening. Yeah. <laughs> Reverend you. No, Reverend you. <laughs> What's Reverend up? me and no Reverend you. 
saw a couple of guys in Jersey. <laughs> As I, I was, uh, I, I took a friend to Foxwoods Casino when I lived out in Connecticut. And Dan, who's a pastor up in the Bay Area, and I think Steve Mo might have been with us too. I can't remember. But uh, we went to the big casino, one, one, world's largest casino or something like that. World's largest yeah, casino yeah, in Connecticut. I don't know if it still is or not. But uh, anyway, we decided to throw the dice, and so we're having some fun. And there are these guys there from New York, and I'm winning them all sorts of money. I don't know, magic dice. And then all of a sudden, the dice turned, and and I started losing the money. And they're just belligerent New Yorkers. They're like, put down the effing dice, you know? And I was, <laughs> oh, you're losing for everybody. Yeah, they're like, you're killing me. Put down the effing dice, you know? Except they're saying the whole thing. And, 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 and Dan's looking at me like, these guys are going to kill you. I'm like, no, nah, they're from New York. That's yeah. just the way they are. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, the way they say, just, that's the way they say I like They're you. just a little hyperactive. Put that's down all. the effing dice. You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, godwhispers.com, dot org, dot whatever. I mean, you know, we're there. We've got an email. ITunes. You want to you get to the email? Or Which email you want to talk about? Wanna... Uh, email godwhispers at gmail.com. This one. Oh, <laughs> I was going to skip that one. Oh, you were? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't want to do that. All right. One. Well, then I, we I, won't yeah. do that one. Although, I, there is a reminder here. Uh... <laughs> we shared love and made love. Attention. The following segment like contains a home schooler alert. <laughs> Attention. The following segment contains a home schooler alert. No. <laughs> we're just... All right, we won't do that one. <laughs> Man, I was I was prepared for that. I, I was loaded for bear. You know, <laughs> I for, I did I intentionally didn't mention it to you at halftime. Because, uh, because you were hoping I'd forget. I was hoping you'd forget. All right, well, we'll. It, there, you know, it, it occurs to me that, that, that there's a listener in a moral quandary, we, but we'll we just make, leave it at we, that. We make some, we make such mockery of our our the people who write into our show that it, it's counterproductive because you know I'm issuing this plea for 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 listener content. You know, it's like give us something to work with out there because it's so hard. It's, I, I can't I can't create off of off of just a blank piece of paper. You know, it's like and asking you. You know, Craig, what do you want to talk about on the show? It's usually sex or guns. Guns, yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> or the dice, or playing craps in upstate New York, getting, getting or whatever. cussed at by New Yorkers. Yeah, yeah. There's a reminder, though. Uh, we the last last uh, last time we uh, our last episode. Could talk about P90X. And <laughs> no. How buff I am. How, how is since you? I, Two, I, 212 push-ups the other night, my friend. Uh, that's uh, that's that's I'm 200. Tipping, more, that's 200 more than I can do. And I'm still tipping <laughs> over 280. So that's pushing some serious weight. That is pushing a lot of weight. Yeah. I've I've read that under every fat man is an athlete. Well, I tell you, underneath me is is a Greek Adonis, but I don't know if we'll ever see. Oh, it come please, out. no, no, and we don't want that. I'm I'm shaving myself from <laughs> head to toe and taking pictures <laughs> and putting them on Swirla's Facebook. <laughs> He's getting a Brazilian, <laughs> a full body Brazilian. I may even lose the eyebrows. I'm not sure. 
you'll be completely waxed. <laughs> I'll, I'll know. I'll know when the time to panic is when when Paula calls up and says, "Craig's not at home. He's getting waxed. <laughs> he's, he's he's down at the candle factory because he needed a lot of it. So, <laughs> two hundred twelve push-ups. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, not in a row, but oh. throughout one hour. But that also included oh, some, over an hour. That included pull-ups and some other weightlifting too. So, it was, oh man, yeah. I, I would just be writhing on the floor. No, I can only do twenty five or thirty. In a you know, I discovered I discovered that that because I was doing I was doing a pretty pretty good workout uh, routine last year, <laughs> but but I discovered that if you keep a bottle of Don Julio handy in case you're starting to kind of feel the burn, that really eases things. I'll off. tell you something. There's this stuff called Jack Three D. It's a pre workout drink. Oh. And it, if what's the feeling, alcohol content? No, no, that? no. There's, there's no alcohol to it. Forget it's it. It's a NOS nitrous oxide something what? powder. Whoa, 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 whoa. Makes you giggly. That's a nitrous. That's a gas. I don't know what it does, but all I know, well, I don't know what it is, but all I know is it will soon be illegal because, <laughs> <laughs> because you drink this stuff and within 15 minutes your face starts to tingle. And then you are completely wide awake for three hours. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember this from my college days. Yeah, and, okay. and you can do you can do miracle things that you could not do off of it. I mean, my I get my heart rate up over one seventy. I'm about to have a blowout. Oh gosh, I mean, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I, I try to. Or keep if it you down. do, or if you do, just put Paula on the alert. Does but she know CPR? Yeah, she's a school teacher. She had to take. Is she things. current? Yeah, but I mean, I'm, we all I'm just... so big. She just jump up and down on my chest. That's. <laughs> <laughs> It heals. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that stuff is, its like I said, it's got to be illegal soon because it's just too magical. I, I was exhausted before church a few a couple of months ago. I put a couple of scoops in my water bottle that I sip on during Bible class. I had laser-like focus, and I was wide awake. Were, it was amazing. You were, you, I was all cracked up. You, you were yeah, pastoring was, under the influence of performance-enhancing yeah, drugs. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what's going to happen? The LCMS is going to crack down on this. You know, just like Major League Baseball are they, are they and start steroids. Blood their pastors they, yeah, for, because uh, for performance-enhancing performance drugs, <laughs> because you know it, it gives you that little that 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 extra advantage. And and this is a competitive world these days in yeah. religion. Yeah, that's true. So you know, any advantage you can get to to be relevant. I'm thinking about buying a couple of cases of this stuff. The <laughs> FDA will before, shut it down b- before soon. the shutdown. Yeah, it's it's too magical to be. Uh, all it takes is for a couple of heart attacks. It cannot be healthy because it's too magical. That's so all that so I can say. so Paula is is current with her CPR credentials. Yeah. Because all this P90X, you know, one day it's going to kill you. Well, if I die, I die. And that's that's all good. Yeah, because all right. to live as Christ, to die as gain. Absolutely, that's right. Live like you trust your baptism. And I'm worth a lot more to her dead than alive. Insurance that could life. slow her up on the uh, on the CPR. I wouldn't blame her. I'm a jerk. Yeah. So, I, I wouldn't this, save my life. So she stands to profit by your death. Yeah. You know, back in the old days of the Missouri Synod, that was considered sinful. Okay. Life insurance. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and then Walt- we got in the business. <laughs> <laughs> and then Thrivent was it. And then God said, let there be Thrivent. <laughs> Formerly known as Lutheran Brotherhood and AAL. What I used to seeing is uh, blessed insurance from AAL. If you don't buy it, you'll go to hell. Something like that. Um, one of our listeners from last time wants a copy of your communion uh Harangue your oh, exhortation. I have to type it up. Communion. I don't have it typed up. You know, I was reading in, in Luther's um, Luther's volume on the liturgy about this exhortation thing. Yeah, 
And we're at that point in the liturgy. He, he, his is rather long, though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, this is a guy who would uh, preach a short sermon that was an hour and a half and say, leave him wanting more. <laughs> yeah, um, after the sermon shall follow a public paraphrase of the Lord's Prayer. A public paraphrase, paraphrase of the Lord's Prayer. This is from volume, for those of you reading along, volume 53, page so, uh, 78. So, Dad, you're up there. Uh, well, here's come, how that goes. Come on down to us. And, uh, well, no, not really. Not, no, no. <laughs> public, public paraphrase of the Lord's Prayer. And an admonition for those who want to partake of the sacrament in this or a better fashion. That's, that's okay. actually, that's an old phrase. It comes from, I believe, the apostolic tradition, uh, where it says that the presider may, may pray in this or a better way. Hmm. You're never being totally prescriptive, but saying, you know, if you can't do this well, then read this. No. <laughs> Dork. <laughs> uh, friends in Christ, since we are here assembled in the name of the Lord to receive his holy testament... And Luther preferred testament to covenant. Right. Testament, something's got to die. Diatheke. Diatheke, yeah. yeah. It's been argued that, that uh, covenant is a poor translation of diatheke. Well, I... I th- because, because if it were covenant, it would be syntheke, as in co, yeah. as in with. See, and, and as I understand, that's the idea behind testament, is as in last will and testament, which is a one-way contract... Yeah, Whereas it's sealed by is, a death. Yeah, yeah, covenant is something that we contract together with, as I understand. Well, there there are multiple forms. There there are forms where you have the greater with the lesser, right? Uh, and then there are one way and two way covenants too. So there's there's a variety. Like a normal contract between two equals, we, that's 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 a bilateral covenant. Correct. Um, but there's also like uh, the covenant that a king makes with his people. It sounds like yeah, I, am the, I am the Lord your suzerain God. And, the su- uh, well, suzerainty covenant and the parody covenant. Parody, yeah. But Can't uh, remember them all. yeah, and so so for example, Sinai and Exodus is is a two way. Um, it's it's I, I I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, and now this is what you're going to do for me. And they would cut a covenant. Well, they would cut the animals. Yeah, you know, whack them in half. But, and... but the Hebrew would indicate a cutting of a covenant, right. In places. Well, I think the implication is that animals were going to yeah, get whacked in the process involved. there. So, yeah. uh, New Testament. I admonish you first of all to lift up your hearts to God. Remember, we talked about there's no lifting up of hearts. Um, to pray with me the Lord's <laughs> prayer, <clears throat> as Christ our Lord has taught us and graciously promised here, is that our Father in heaven may look with mercy on his needy children that his kingdom may come to us and expand, that we may be strengthened by his spirit to suffer his will, that he would also give us our daily bread. So, you know, he kind of goes through that. But then the second part is the admonishment. Secondly, I admonish you in Christ that you discern the testament of Christ in true faith and above all take to heart the words wherein Christ imparts to us his body and his blood for the remission of our sins, that you remember and give thanks for his boundless love, which he which he proved to us when he redeemed us from God's wrath, sin, death, and hell by his own blood, and that in this faith, that's kind of cool, not not in faith, but in this faith. So a common confession. Objective, yes, yes, yes. You externally receive the bread and wine, that is, his body and blood, as the pledge and guarantee of this. In his name, therefore, and according to his command that he gave us, let us use and receive the testament. And then on it goes to uh, the words of uh, institution, consecration, sung. 
sung. Everything's sung with Luther. <laughs> he even has exercises for singing, chanting the epistle. They, 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 they chanted the Bible reading. So they do jumping jacks and stuff? I could do a P90X while I <laughs> please, exercise. Please. What do you wear when you, you do this p 90 Oh, I've got some nice Lycra and spandex. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, pair of shorts and a t-shirt. What do you think? Lycra and spandex? Yeah, you know. It's it's sexy. Mm. Chicks dig it. Interesting note from from Luther here. (laughs) I would, however, ask, like to ask, that this paraphrase or admonition follow a prescribed wording or be formulated in a definite manner for the sake of the common people. We cannot have one do it one way today and another another way tomorrow. Hmm. And let everybody parade his talents and confuse the people so that they can neither learn nor retain anything. What chiefly matters is the teaching and guiding of the people. That is why we, why here we must limit our freedom and keep to one form of paraphrase or admonition, particularly in a given church or congregation, if for the sake of freedom it does not wish to use another. That's a far cry from what are we That's, going to do on Sunday. Yeah. But he didn't have he didn't have uh, PowerPoint or projection screens. That's true, and that really unites a people. The, that brings <laughs> them all together. It does. <laughs> it does. So so he goes on with the office and consecration uh, intoned, and people have uh, pointed out that the the uh, words of institution are intoned exactly the same as the gospel. In other words, oh, same the, same chant tones is yeah. what you're saying. In other words, the, the, the gospel for the service of the sacrament is the words of institution. Interesting. That's the gospel. Very interesting. And then he says, it seems to me that it would be in accord with the institution of the Lord's Supper to administer the sacrament immediately after the consecration of the bread, before the cup is blessed, etc. And he, noting that uh, the cup was distributed after supper, so that there was a time element in between. And then, just as a footnote, we do not want to abolish the elevation, but retain it because it goes well with the German Sanctus, and it signifies that Christ has commanded us to remember him. See, that's interesting because the elevation can be interpreted sacrificially, that is, right. we're offering the body and the blood of Christ to the Father. Now, you do that as you uh, proclaim the peace of the Lord be with you always, right? I do. Um, in, in, uh, in, in the liturgy, the last sort of thing after the words of institution are the Pax Domini, the peace of the Lord, uh, where the pastor says, the peace of the Lord be with you always, and the people say, amen, <clears throat> far better than and also with you. That's a greeting. <laughs> right. And, and Huge I, mistake to have I've gone down that I've always understood route. this, and tell me if you, if you understand this the same, that when, when this occurs and the pastor proclaims, the peace of the Lord be with you always, and he's holding up the body and blood of Christ, that's where we find our peace with God. And yeah. so, so you're holding it up saying, look, here's God's peace with you. Yeah, I kind of take it in the John 20 sense. You know, Jesus appearing to the disciples after the resurrection in the upper room, and the first words he says as they were terrified out of their minds, peace be with you. And what does he do? He shows them his hands and his side, right. the wounds. And so in, in like manner, you know, we say the peace of the Lord be with you always, and those words give what they say. And and we hold up the the body and the blood of Christ right. as the source of the peace. It's not just a, a, a thoughtful wish, but 
this is the real deal. I mean, but that's not the elevation. The elevation, if you if you watch some of the guys who are really into the liturgical thing, they will elevate after the consecration. Mm. They will hold it up, in, quite independent of, yeah, of the yeah, piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what Luther is referring to. He says they don't. Uh, we don't uh, abolish the elevation. So you can't condemn anybody for doing that, providing that they're not uh, in in that gesture making it sacrificial, uh, implying. Yeah. And and yeah, I got a little problem with that because it, it it sort of I do the same thing with the offering plates, right? You know, and so it really looks like something being offered to God. See, I, was, I was told to hold the plates up like that so God could see what's in it. <laughs> 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 see, see. I mean, Luther makes the point is just as Christ is elevated by the word in the sermon, so Christ is elevated for the people, right? Um, and and that I think it, a lot of it looks different whether you're facing the people or facing away from the people. How your altar is is hmm. constructed. I forgot. How's yours? Is yours? It's, it's not freestanding. Okay, I, I miss having freestanding altars. Did you have one? Yeah. Where? Uh, in Connecticut, Rhode Island, and also in Missouri. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I really dislike. I have well, you know, you know what my sanctuary looks like. Yeah, it, it's it's not only you know, it's angular. It's weird, it, yeah. is what it is. But but no, it has it has the altar against the wall. Right. So so, um, and and you know, to, to tell you how strong a symbol that is, we were out looking for an organist once, mm-hmm. uh, and so we were kind of trolling the market for organists. And one of the people that came was um, conser- he was conservative Roman Catholic, kind of mm. pre Vatican II. Uh, kind of Mel Gibson school of Catholicism, okay. but he walks into the church and he genuflects and he nearly tears up and he says, "You don't know the last time how long it's been since I've seen a true sacrificial altar." Wow! And he's in a Lutheran church. He's wow. in he's in my congregation, and I thought, "Oh, that's great!" You know, between that and the red tabernacle light, man, we are <laughs> we are Saint Pius, the Society of Saint Pius the Ninth here. Yeah, that's, that's just crazy. So, what's your take on on uh, on the freestanding altar versus the uh, up against the wall altar? My take? What do you mean? I mean, is one your preference over the other? Oh, or? I would. I, I and I, Luther says this somewhere. I, I'd, I'd have to kind of page around um, in, in his uh, fifteen twenty six the commentary that goes with it. But I think Luther vastly prefers that the altar be uh, located such that um, people would hear the words of institution as the gospel that they are. In other words, uh, facing the people. Okay. See, I, I think the problem is when you don't face the people, um, it, it messes things up symbolically. I mean, obviously, it doesn't mess things up in terms of it's not going to work if you're right. facing the wrong way. But we do all of our praying with our back to I, the people. I had a, a pastor once get all over my case because we had a freestanding altar, and this was at Fort Wayne at one of the theological uh, symposium things. And he said, which way do you face when you pray? And I said, toward the altar? He said, yeah, but are you facing the people or are you facing uh, the altar? I said, both. He, Don't you know what you're teaching them? Don't you? Uh, how could you? You know, kind of thing. And I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? I have, To this day, I don't know what he was talking about. Oh, I know what he's talking about. Um, there, there are people, and, and this is kind of a Bronze Age. Uh, we were talking about Bronze Age last time. I think this is a Bronze Age liturgic, is the idea that, that if you have a freestanding altar, then there are times that you go, you use the front of the altar. There are times that you use the back of the altar. And so when you're praying, he was asking you, do you use the front? 
or the back? Do you face away from the people toward the altar from the front? Uh, or do you face the people across the altar from the back? That's what he was asking. Is it important? Um, you see, the thing is, it, it all dep- it depends how you look at it. Uh, you were right. No matter which way, if I'm you're facing the altar, you're always facing the <laughs> altar, but you're not always facing the people. See, he's taking kind of a, a, a Luther Reed approach the, that the sacrificial position of the pastor is back to the people facing the altar. See, I always understood facing the altar was a sacrificial position. Well, no, that begs the question because if, if you're if you're facing the people from across the altar, you're always facing the altar. But then there is no sacrificial and sacramental I, position. I'm sorry, but to me that sounds... We need a diagram for this. Yeah, it's it, like a football play. It, it seems almost like if you have to have your back to the congregation, even if you have a freestanding altar, that there's something secret going on in almost a sacerdotal kind of... You know, the people aren't Don't allowed to toss see this that kind of sacerdotal thing. word around. There's nothing wrong with sacerdotes. It means priest. And it's true that when you're praying on behalf of the people, that is a priestly sacrificial function. This is function. true. Yeah. But see, I, I facing think, the altar is facing the altar as far as I'm concerned. But it's irrelevant. When you're behind the altar, you always face the altar. That's right. See, now, I think the real question is, do you use... Um, a sacrificial and sacramental position, or do you simply face the people all the See, time? See, I understand the difference there, and it becomes much more pronounced with the altar against the wall. Well, with the altar against the wall, that's the opposite. It's the exact opposite. You're always with your back to the people, whether you are acting sacrificially or sacramentally. Right. Always. But... but... When you're doing proclamation, you face the people. No, you, no, you don't. When you do the words of institution, which are proclamation. Oh, that's a good point. That is proclamation. Uh-huh. Unless you turn around. But I was always taught that turning your back on the altar is really bad form. The only time you do that is actually to speak directly to the people. Right. Now, what about afterwards when you say the peace of the Lord be with you always? Do you face the congregation or do you face the altar? Well, you're talking to the congregation. Yeah. Yeah, and but again, see the that's the problem. the the two The two things that 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 blur the distinction are the altar where, where you always have your back to the people, or always doing everything from behind the altar facing the people. Both of both of those <laughs> wipe out the distinction, and that's what the guy was asking. Yeah. Now here's the deal. Well, the, the deal though is he acted as though I was committing blasphemy. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> At which point, I pretty much just want to kick him in the groin and, but there's a, and move but, on. But see, there's another there's another approach. <laughs> there's always this other approach, and that is what you're advocating. See, I would say this. If your chair is behind the altar mm-hmm. so that you're always facing the people, then stay there. But if your chair is off to the side somewhere else so that you have to approach the altar, then use both sides of it. One sacrificially, one sacramentally. I could do that, but usually the altar book is facing one way or the other, and you don't want to have Those to Those stands wrangle. are made to turn for yeah, that very reason. Really? You want to wrangle with all that in the middle of the liturgy? And do you know? I? 
Not necessarily. Yeah. But I don't have to rank. I mean, I don't have a choice. I and have, sometimes you have to step up to the altar, so the prayer, the altar book's going to be at a weird height. I've done both. I mean, at higher things conferences, we've set things up so that the altar was freestanding, and I've conducted the entire service from behind the altar facing the people. And then you indicate whether you're praying or, or proclaiming by, by other visible gestures how you hold your hands. You know, there's the prayer, there's the, the position of prayer versus the, uh, uh, for proclamation or something like that. So Don't you know what you're telling the people? We'll be back. And it shows them pearly white Just a jackknife has old Maggie Heath, babe And it keeps it out of sight You know when that shark bite with his teeth, big scarlet billows start to spread. Fancy gloves, though, where's old Maggie Heath, big? So there's never, never a trace of red. Now on the sidewalk, huh? Ooh, Sunday morning, uh huh? Lies a body. Just oozing life And someone sneaking Round the corner Could that someone Be Mac the Knife There's a tugboat Down by the river Don't you know Welcome back to the God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And I'm Bill Swirla. I feel like we're placating listeners too much with this kind of music. You think so? Yeah. Are we too sensitive to criticism? I don't know. I I like this music. Yeah, I like Glenn Miller. Reminds me of being young during World War II. (laughs) Swing dancing. Doing the jitterbug. That uh, Hawaiian shirt you have was made during World War II, wasn't it? Uh, uh, this, this is my... Oh, it has uh, rockets on yeah, it. Yeah, this is my Tomorrowland shirt. This Tomorrowland. Is, Look at that. Yeah, that's quite a shirt. futuristic. Yeah, it is. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Anyway, we are the world-famous God Whisperers. Uh, we are. And we're talking about liturgy. We're getting down to the, the end of the church year, if you noticed. Yeah, we, we got to hurry up and finish this because we, we've got a little Heidelberg disputation stuff we to are, get started. We are. Are on. you doing any reading for that? I, I am. I'm doing uh, Gerhard Ferdi's book on, Ferdi's book on uh, being a theologian of the cross and uh, various interweb kind of readings. That'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I've been reading Martin Brecht's uh, for the first volume of his three-volume biography of Luther. He has a nice uh, treatment of Heidelberg. Yes. Turns out nice. he- Heidelberg was is is very very pivotal because because a lot of what what a lot of the language that Luther kind of expands on and fleshes out in the 1520s is kind of already put on the table in the Heidelberg disputation. Right. And I, I would say that Heidelberg is probably more important than the 95 Theses to the content of the Reformation. The 95 Theses are symbolically more important, but the Heidelberg Disputation has, has more Reformation content in it. 
I think. I, I think the Heidelberg Disputation really set the tone for Luther's future theology and, and you know, a lot of stuff. Well, it, it, I thought I'd just transition a little more Glenn Miller. <laughs> I was wondering what you were doing over there. Unlike issues, etc., we don't have an engineer. But you know what's great? We self-engineer. Is right after Glenn Miller comes Mrs. Miller. Oh, and I thought we were going to take a break. You took a break. We did. Got... Scott, plug your ears. All, I to do is... All right, that's enough. Oh, Mrs. Miller. You know what I'm thinking? You know what I'm thinking about Mrs. Miller. Christmas. So, mausoleum? Christmas. Oh, mausoleum trip, too. Oh, yeah, we got to do the mausoleum. Oh, I, I wonder. Uh, yeah, I'm Googling that right now. See if there's any Mrs. Miller Christmas music out yeah, there. Yeah, well, yeah. But, but, but we ought to really seriously think about a mausoleum trip, too. Yes. I was, didn't somebody write and say, wasn't there actually some, some real hard data on where to find her? Uh, I don't remember. And then there's that, that nursing home where she died, too. We probably should pay a visit over there. Yeah, MrsMillersWorld.com, <laughs> which is all things Mrs. Miller. Yeah, but you want Mrs. Miller Christmas music. Um, uh, 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 radio show, high school, mid sixties. I want to get the I want to get the count until Christmas here. Hang on a second. Uh, oh, Catherine says here the Christmas album that we think is out there somewhere. I don't think exists. Oh no! Yeah, no. Yeah. There's no Mrs. Miller Christmas album? I don't know. According to Mrs. Miller. What was World, Capitol Records thinking of at the time? Who else would be able to do a Christmas album? Everybody does a Christmas album. There's no Mrs. Miller Christmas album? Oh. I, no. Shoot. But here's Mrs. Miller's class Christmas concert. Oh. Which is probably well research this later okay come on don't go add on me now all i mentioned is is <laughs> that's a good song it's a good song that's mrs miller's class christmas concert on youtube mrs miller is a great teacher i always loved mrs miller I never had a Mrs. Miller. Not me either. I'm just making it up. Anyway. She she could be like everybody's. <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Every, Take everybody's it easy there. <laughs> desk is too crowded here. We're we're uh, recording live from my desk. Yes. My newly cleaned desk. Have you noticed I've managed to keep it clean for about a month now? It, well, I just thought maybe you bulldozed it before I came over. So. That's the full contents, right? You see that little pile? Wow. That's That's all I removed from the desk. In I don't know how, how my desk manages to just clutter itself so quickly. Ah, uh, 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 Catherine Scharf uh, is a gal I know from Higher Things. She she always she always has the countdown till Christmas. She and her oh, family, okay. they love Christmas. Uh, there are 45 days and 14 hours until Christmas, she posts yesterday. So... Uh, that must mean there are now 44 days till Christmas. So thank you, Catherine. How many days? 44? 44 days. Wow, it's coming up. It's coming up. Now, since you're looking at that, I went to my Turner's Outdoorsman email ad. Any of you who would like to buy me this Glock 17 or Glock 19 for Christmas, it's only $529.98. So Got a Glock I could, for Christmas? I could use a Glock for Christmas. Nothing, nothing says Christmas like a Glock. <laughs> 
<laughs> peace on earth, goodwill toward men. So where were where were we in the uh, in the whole liturgy thing? Oh, we we were talking about oh, the, you being a bad example and and facing the wrong directions and stuff. I'm, I'm just checking our uh, God Whispers Facebook site to see if there's anything. Is it in the rubrics, the red letters, uh, the directions for pastors? Does it say the pastor shall face this direction and the pastor shall face that no. direction? No, I don't um, recall ever seeing directions. I'd have to look. The, the altar book would have uh, probably more of a discussion, yeah, on it. But uh, this I don't would wanna, be really I good for Hollywood. More to, dead air than we already have here, because in this area we have a lot of Hollywood showbiz people. We could get them to come in and put down the little tape markers on the ground, <laughs> is, so you can hit your mark <laughs> yeah, at various the, parts of the, the liturgy. Mark. That would be fantastic. Oh yeah, on our steps in our church because we have that hard concrete and tile uh somebody put bright yellow stripes that's so you don't trip tape. over the stair or, yeah so know. the old folks especially hey that's a that's a that's a thing it's uh, like a fema or, or uh, uh <laughs> it's Talosha an american kind of with thing. disabilities act yeah. uh, requirement but yeah so but it's almost like hitting the mark you could put that it is it is yeah. at the church i grew up in they have this very lovely dark gray slate in the chancel area it's beautiful but the one minus of that is that you have no depth perception <laughs> and um, all of a sudden the floor drops out from under all you. of a sudden there's that one small <laughs> step for man one giant leap for man i did that with communion a couple of months ago and slosh the the oh, chalice you had a and, slosh yes have you, i've never had a spill um, the, the, the only spill I've ever had was prior to consecration. <laughs> I was setting things up and I toppled a chalice full. I, yeah, at seminary, when we had our, our liturgics course, we had to demonstrate the liturgy and you had a partner and you would basically flip of the coin as to if you would do the first half of the liturgy or the second half. Uh-huh. And my friend Ryan drew the second half. We were the team together. And he went to make the sign of the cross over the chalice and just banged it on the way up. And it went flying across the altar. It was it was amazing. It was Now, there wasn't anything in it. Got to watch those gestures. But yes. So he learned a valuable lesson. One of the things that came up with the, the introduction of LSB, and I, I, rem, I recall um, the, the long discussions of, about this, was the desire to... Um, do a more expanded liturgy of the sacrament rather than this this al dente, highly reduced Luther version, mm. you know, which is, consisted of the Our Father, the words of institution, the peace, uh, and then basically the distribution, and uh, of course the Agnus Dei. But the the Lamb of God, that hymn, Lamb of God, really is kind of a distribution hymn in this way of looking at things, um, but. Uh, that that gave rise to what we have in 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 divine services one and two in LSB, where the order of things is after the Sanctus. There's a prayer of thanksgiving, which is fairly long. Then the words of institution. Then the sentence: As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. And the people say, "Amen." Come, Lord Jesus. Um, I think that's a good sentence in there because that's that says a mouthful from First mm. Corinthians eleven. Um, it basically says that that whenever, as often as, doesn't mean frequently. It means whenever right. we eat this bread and drink this cup, we are proclaiming the Lord's death. It doesn't mean that we proclaim the Lord's death along with the eating and drinking. It means that in the eating and drinking, we are proclaiming the Lord's death. Right. 
And it's it's actually at this sentence that I I elevate the I elevate the body and blood of Christ. Oh, that's interesting. But see, it's with these words as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup. So there are words attached to interpret that yes. symbol. This cup and this bread. Right. Then I, there's a prayer to Jesus that he would lead us to remember and confess his cross and passion, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension. And then that flows into the Lord's Prayer, and that flows into the peace of the Lord and then the hymn, Lamb of God. But notice how far away it is from the words of institution. Now, that makes old-school Lutherans nervous when you have essentially the consecrated bread and wine hanging around a little bit too long. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I was just looking at Divine Service Setting 5. Oh, no, 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 no. Because that's kind of uh, based on Luther's Deutsche Mass, Yeah, 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 it is. But but just just to note here, they have the words of institution, then the Sanctus, then the Pax Domini, then the Agnus Dei, and then the distribution. Holy mackerel, you're right. Yeah. I mean, they have the Sanctus afterwards. Yeah. Mm. So I just just to note there that even though this is based on that old Reformed Mass that Luther put together, uh, I don't know if it's the same in... You're looking in Luther's works there, right? I am. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the same order there or not as far as... I'm looking. ...how things are done. Um, yes, that's right. In, in, the, in the 1526 German Mass, you have the consecration followed by the German Sanctus, mm-hmm. um, which would be accompanied with the elevation, according to Luther, because he says it, it, it goes well with the German Sanctus. Okay. Um, that's followed by heaven knows what. I mean... Uh, <laughs> I, I get the sense that Luther was a little inconsistent on a lot of things. <laughs> well, you see, here's the thing. I mean, you get the Sanctus, and then you have the colic follows with the benediction. He's out of there. Uh, <laughs> there's not, there's, there's, Is there no distribution? <laughs> well, yeah, there's just a sentence about the distribution, but but it's it's not at the point of distribution. But you're absolutely right. The Sanctus comes afterwards, and there's no Lamb of God. Where did that go? Well, they have it in DS5, I think. Do they? Yeah, I just turned away. Yes, from they that. do. They do. They have some form of it. But I'm looking at I'm looking at at. Uh, Oh, then shall the cup be blessed and ministered while the remainder of these hymns are sung, or the German Agnus Dei. So, so ah, that's it. Uh, Luther uses the Agnus Dei as a distribution. Ah, hymn. okay. Okay, but you're right. Um, the, there's the consecration and then the Sanctus. So you know that kind of that that kind of shoots holes in this 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 argument here of of uh, keeping consecration and distribution tightly together without entering. And, uh, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, Any intervening action. Exactly. So. Back to DS1 and 2. DS2. Let's just go 2. Here we go. But see, this thing kind of goes on and on and on. It's actually good. I like it. I use it. Um, so, so you have prayer of thanksgiving, right. which is modeled after the, the Jewish baricha. Baricha Adonai. Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, etc. Then you have the words of institution, the proclamation of Christ, uh, a prayer to Jesus. Now I do the right column on this. Oh, so you do the you're you're doing the old school Bronze Age Luther Luther 
uh, al dente version. <clears throat> yeah. Ah, no, I do. I do the left. Of except, course. except in the because there are more words. I so love the words. Yes, and in the, ex, ex, except in the skinny seasons of Advent and Lent, where I do the right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But I do the right because I am lazy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and therein lies the consistency. Yes. Yeah. Less is more. <laughs> Few words make for a good prayer. Luther said so. <laughs> That's praying, not liturgy. And uh, moving on. Um, so then the Our Father, the peace, and then and then this hymn, the Agnus Dei. I have, do I have an Agnus Dei here? I thought I did. Pox, yes, here we go. The peace of the Lord be with you. That was DS3, so you're the bronzy this Bronze time. age or space age? <laughs> Bronze age. Bronze age. All right, yes, there we go. Um, yeah, well, that's, that's the one I had. I think that's, I, I think that's a good one, too. It is a good I, one. I, I, you know, notice, I, I think this is true. I don't think the Reformed sing this in the context of the Lord's Supper. Really? Yes. See, because, because well, all... You where, know, where do they... Do, do they... I, don't know. I don't, I don't know what they do. Yeah, but but you know, th- this is they just worship Calvin, don't they? <laughs> the, the, this this hymn is is its its placement and its 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 very persistent location in the Lord's Supper liturgy is itself a liturgical confession of the real presence. Mm. You yes. know, Lamb of God, sacrificial language. Uh, you know, what is it that takes away the sin of the world? The offering of his body and his blood. Now, I'm told, and maybe you can verify this. I don't remember who told me this and where and what context. So uh, I will not swear the this being the case or not. But I was told that Luther actually preferred the language of the Lord's table over altar because he was concerned about the sacrifice of the mass. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, as a Lutheran, I always, I, I have always taught that the table is an altar, and the altar is a table, not to favor one or the other. Hmm. That it's an altar in the sense that it is symbolic of the sacrifice once given, but it's a table because it's the table at which the sacrificial meal is offered. 
I'll I'll defer mm. to you on this. I I, I really don't recall don't Luther commenting on on altar. Lutherans have never been squeamish about the use of altar, and they are not as inclined to use table. Yeah, that's a reformed well, thing. There's yeah, like, it even looks Baptists, like a table. Yeah, the Baptists especially go With, that do way. this in remembrance of me in the Etched front. Etched in, yeah. yes. <laughs> when the pastor stands up front and says, on the night that our Lord was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this represents my body. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> well, the idea, and, and then you know, maybe we ought to, just as long as we're in that part of the liturgy, do this in my in remembrance of me. Ace tain anomnison mu. Do this for my remembrance. Yes. Uh, so this is not do this while remembering me, memorial meal. Nor is it do this in remembrance of me, memorial meal. In the doing this, remember me. That is, in the doing this, you will remember me because I will cause my remembrance. Right. So do this for my remembrance. Or the way I like to do it, the church that does not do this does not remember Jesus in the way he wishes to be remembered. Okay. There you go. There's your weekly communion right there. <laughs> Is a week that has no body and blood, no Lord's Supper, does not remember Jesus the way in which he wishes to be remembered. I I had a friend who is his first week at his new church, fresh out of seminary, they had a picnic and they informed him that they do not have weekly communion. And he boldly and loudly said in front of all the old women and everything, that's like foreplay without sex. Oh, (laughs) that's an analogy that'll perk your ears. He told me that. I said, you aren't so bright, are you? Yeah, that's Is, uh, <laughs> oh, you know, I, I I'm continually amazed that 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 topic still comes up today. Weekly communion. You know, you would think of all the things that they would get sort of just get out of our system. You know, the the one that blows my mind are the churches that when they get a new pastor, they and he says, "Could we also have the chalice?" I, I don't want to take away the individual ch- cups, but could we also have the chalice? No. I'm offended. Offended? You know, at the, why? Really? They're why, offended why? at the yes. chalice? I've heard of pastors being almost run out of a new church because they suggested that we should also have the cup, the chalice. <laughs> why would anyone be opposed to adding on and saying, why not? I'll tell you, you know? why. Guilt. They know darn well they're not supposed to have taken it away. And and therefore, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind, and they don't have to think about it. But once that thing is there, then you have to deal with it, baby. Well, Um, and then deal with the shame that we're a bunch of Methodists. That's exactly (laughs) right. And we don't trust the Lord and his hygienic habits. Yes. You know, let, let's you know, all this goofing around with the Lord's Supper has done no good whatsoever. Well, it it just it's proliferated the glassware for one thing, uh, and the beverages in some cases. You know, so you have uh, you have the wine, you have the grape juice, you have red wine, you have white wine, you have uh, a nice Chardonnay, a Cabernet, and for those who prefer stouter drink, a lovely port. You know, pretty. It's, it's looking like a wine bar up there. 
I'm not opposed to that. Oh, gosh. Come on. Especially the port. I'm one port. cup, one beverage. <laughs> no, It's a sacrament of I, unity, you know, not of personal we, choice and we can preference. We for a couple of programs over stuff like grape juice or wine. and There's nothing and, to talk about. I, I mean, wine. Well, what about for the alcoholics? What do we Don't do for drink them? it. And what about uh, um, de-alcoholized wine? It's still wine. Neutered. We could do that. Neutered. That's like a neutered cat. Uh, what about... Uh, no joy you know. in it. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're always tinkering. Yeah. See, but every time we tinker with it, we introduce a, an element of doubt. And, and confusion. Yeah. So, so that... It- so something that is clear and should not be confused or doubtful... We just start introducing doubt and confusion. And, and, and notice how the, a sacrament that's intended for our unity, for you are all one body because you all partake of the one loaf, First Corinthians 10, becomes a source of disunity and division. <laughs> Tell me the devil's not at work in this. I mean, this is just nuts. Okay, I, I do have one question. This is marginally off topic here. Luther pretty much wanted to light people on fire who suggested pouring the consecrated wine back into that which is not consecrated. I and, don't I don't know. And and I'm I'm just trying to understand what are what is the theological reasoning behind not doing that? Do you know? What? Behind not just pouring the consecrated back into the Oh yeah, no that's right. He actually I think I think the example was with the bread, not the wine. Oh, but, okay. but but that was returning returning consecrated bread to just the ordinary stuff. And he says anybody who does that needs to be run out of town and sent off to the swinglings where they belong. Right. So your question is Well, I understand that it's not kosher, but why is it not kosher? Because <laughs> kosher. I've I've had parishioners ask me that before and I said, "Well, I just defer to Luther on that one." Cuz I don't know the why. I understand you know, because it, it could go the way of reception, the receptionist. It could thing, go down that right? road. So, well, we've decided it's not the body and blood of Christ anymore, so we just throw it back in with the old stuff. So, so, and so, here's my question to you: say, say you hold that position, right? It, it doesn't matter. It's just bread. Question: How do you know that exactly? Well, that's. When I tell people that we should dispose of the elements in a respectful way. Even the word dispose shouldn't be involved. Well, consume (laughs) or return to the earth or whatever. Right. Um, We should do it in a respectful way because even if it's not the body and blood of Christ anymore, which we don't know if it is or isn't, it has once been joined with the body and blood of Christ, and so we should treat it with a little bit of respect. There you go. That's that's the kind of the non-position, what I or I would call the paradoxical position. Uh, no, it's not paradox. It's the non-committal position because we're not given to say. See, the opposite is also true. If somebody were to insist that it is the body and blood of Christ, the question is, how do you know? Right now, the answer could very well be, I heard it. In the liturgy, where the word of Christ declared it to be so, that's how I know. Hard to argue with that. Okay. Okay. But, yeah, so how do you know it isn't anymore? And, and my response Let, to people who have been insisted on this is, what does the text say? So, so I would say that, that if I'm going to err on the side of caution, right. the greater evidence, the bulk of the evidence points to it being the body and blood of Christ than it not being. I have zero evidence that the words of institution have an expiration date, that they're, you know, they're good only for 15 minutes during distribution. Correct. 
Uh, okay. Now, why do we why why do we not just take that and give it to somebody else who wasn't there? Uh, you know, kind of mix up, and some guys do that. You know, mix up a batch of Jesus, and then send your deacons off to go and distribute the sacrament to somebody in the hospital. Or so. the pastor is going to be gone; he's taking his family to Disneyland tomorrow, yeah. and he pre-consecrates everything. Uh, what I call so that one of the elders can distribute it. Mixing up a batch of Jesus beforehand. Right. You know, right. I mean, that's that very transactional notion that we're trying to get away from. The answer is the people are not there to hear the word. That's not the way it was given. Right. Yeah. The way it's given is, is that word and sign have to, are together. And so you can't have the word yesterday and the sign today as though somehow, well, it still, it still worked. Right. You don't know that either. So on the night our Lord was betrayed, he took the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which I made up for you yesterday. <laughs> no, no. In fact, it would be it would be like on on Monday at the house of Mary and Martha. He took some bread and said, "You know, keep this for those guys on Thursday. I won't be able to make it. I have bowling league." <laughs> right. You know, we 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 keep those things together. And again, see what what are you saying? Where there's tinkering and mischief, there's confusion, confusion, uncertainty, and then all of a sudden, just all hell breaks. Well, loose. and it just becomes unbelief, and then and it becomes separate parties. So one party says it is, one party says it isn't, one party calls the other party consecrationist, receptionist, and off we go into the wild blue yonder. Right. And pretty soon, you know, it's my church and your church separated by 150 yards. And we've excommunicated one another, and uh, you have joined a fellowship with four other Lutheran churches who believe that the words of institution last only five minutes. Or something like <laughs> or that. Or something yeah. like that, you know. Just And so what's the best solution? The best solution is not to have leftovers. Well, there's that. And, um, th- and that, was, that was the beauty of back in the day when you would announce for communion— we knew exactly and that how was, much and, to but, put out. But that was, yes, and that was Luther's solution, too, is yeah. that any anything that remains is to be consumed by the pastor and the deacons. Right. That's Ooh, it. Where did we get the return it to the earth option? Uh, we do, When you have a gallon of wine and you, you and the deacons can't okay. at nine in the morning you pound that down. We're, we're pretty much out of time, but there was a time in Missouri where I would drink whatever was left in the chalice. And I was on an empty stomach, and one of the elders was assisting me, and he was real diligent about keeping that thing full. When I greeted everyone at the door, I was lit. I was just loopy as all. And, and I was just telling myself, just maintain your composure. Just, just don't act as drunk as you are. I can't think of a better way to end this episode. <laughs> See you next time. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I've had friends before, and I can tell you that he's one who will never leave you flat.